Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Got a really good shoe for you today. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money invested in more. Greatest show on earth, Wall Street. In my opinion. So much going on. It's earnings season. I love it. 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 But it's also political season as well. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um... And we've got a lot going on, so I'm going to try to move fast. I'll try not to be funny uh, or anything like that. Maybe it'll happen by accident. So Apple's fiscal first quarter earnings report produced record revenues, earnings, and iPhone sales, all of which go hand in hand. One of the things that I saw, and I'm going to go into more detail later in the show about Apple, one of the things that I saw was that their services revenue was about 7 to $8 billion dollars. And that's about the same amount of revenue that Facebook kicks out. So they're getting that business up and going fast. They expect that to double in the next few years. I believe four years is the number. Um, that's amazing. That's pretty impressive. Plus, they have the amount of cash if they wanted to buy some services companies. You know, services like music, services like video. Uh, oil prices are up today. Apple is up today. Apple's carrying the markets to start, but where do we go is a really big question because there's a lot of political under-churning going on. Um, so we'll talk about that. And again, I'm just I'm almost excited. So oil is moving up. Foreign markets are up. Trading sentiment is up after a very strong finish yesterday. Economic sentiment is up following some reassuring manufacturing numbers. Uh, that came out of China and Europe. So... I kind of look at the world, and this is just me being stupid. Uh, China, Asia, Europe, United States, South America. And I don't even consider Africa or the Middle East. Um, or Australia. Australia. So there's a festering thought that is problematic out there of, you know, the Fed. So they're going to come out with a new policy directive today. 
this morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time, that's going to probably be a market mover. And the stronger the economy, the more likely they're going to raise interest rates. So there's some bluster in the press this morning. Uh, Democrats are aiming to put a fight up over President Trump's conservative-minded Supreme Court pick, Neil Gorsuch. Um, that political fight matters for the market only in so much as it potentially represents another example of how implementing tax reform and infrastructure spending plans over the next one to two years, it might not go as smoothly and as quickly as people thought post-election. So let's listen to Donald Trump introducing his SCOTUS Supreme Court of the United States nominee last night. Today I am keeping another promise to the American people by nominating Judge Neil Gorsuch of the United States Supreme Court to be of the United States Supreme Court. And I would like to ask Judge Gorsuch and his wonderful wife, Louise, to please step forward. Please, Louise, Judge, here they come. Some pretty entertaining uh, turns of the, 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 the mouth, so to speak, there. Now, Gorsuch is, it was kind of interesting. One of the first things that I noticed, I was like, this guy's young. So if he gets approved, he'll be on the Supreme Court for maybe 30 to 40 years, a a generation. And there's some Democrats who are starting to age. So if Trump, he filed for re-election, I believe this week, uh, which is probably one of the cockiest moves possible. If he gets re-elected and gets to add two or three more Supreme Court members, now, it would be obviously devastating to people who are on the liberal side of the fence, uh, just psychologically, maybe or maybe not realistically. Um, what's interesting to note is Gorsuch is, he, he's very much so what you would expect. He's from Columbia, Harvard Law, he went to Oxford, uh, he's got a doctorate in legal philosophy. He came from the Scalia mode, who he will be replacing, so he's kind of a Scalia light and younger. Um, now, Scalia is a dirty word amongst liberals who basically hated the late justice for his opinions and rhetoric. Even if on the losing side, the issues range from civil rights to same-sex marriage. So I would say Gorsuch not as far right as it could have been, but certainly a, a hard move to the right. Um, very much so staying with the Scalia Supreme Court that we had for you know uh, the last four to eight years under Obama. So now let's listen to Gorsuch accept the nomination from uh, Donald Trump. Of course, the Supreme Court's work is vital not just to a region of the country, but to the whole. Vital to the protection of the people's liberties under law and to the continuity of our Constitution, the greatest charter of human liberty the world has ever known. I'm a huge fan of America and the United States and the Constitution, and we are the greatest country in the world. And when I traveled Europe... Uh, out of college and during college and growing up, America's looked at as just the greatest country, and our Bill of Rights is one of the reasons. So to protect our Bill of Rights, thumbs up to the people who do that for us. Some other stories out there. Uh, Facebook is scheduled to report earnings today after the closing bell. I own shares of Facebook, and I do own shares of Apple. I should make that known. AMD reported a narrower-than-expected loss for the fourth quarter, and revenue also topped expectations. Very strong, strong demand for graphic chips used in gaming consoles. Um, That's worthy of note. So when you hear about Oculus Rift and when you hear about virtual reality and augmented reality, you need more powerful chips. So AMD is up 10% on that news. It's sitting at 1148. 
I don't think it takes a huge stretch to say that this stock could catch a little bit of fire if virtual reality catches fire. So you got to keep, keep really close on that, not jumping ahead of yourselves. Uh, analysts are out today saying AMD delivered a strong quarter with a slight revenue upside, offsetting some gross margin downside. Uh, outlook for an 11% revenue, quarter-to-quarter revenue growth declined, beat expectations. It's uh, basically in line with what was expected. Some analysts have about a $13 price target on it. So maybe not today because it's already at 11 and a half. But maybe if the market pulls back, you start going, okay, I get it. It's got a strong GPU and deep learning trends are positive for NVIDIA as well. So NVIDIA and AMD are the plays on virtual reality at this point in time. Fed's going to be big today. Uh, one of the pieces of data that they're going to be able to look at, or they've already looked at, is the ADP employment change. Uh, so the ADP tells me, uh-oh, beginning of the month. So on Friday, we're going to get the labor report, the employment situation report. So I'm pretty sure the Fed already has a pretty good clue of what that looks like. There's ample reason to think um, that the Federal Reserve uh, and their directive will place some emphasis on the improvement to economic activity. So because the employment change for January certainly supported that, it showed an estimated 246 jobs were added to the private sector payroll. Um, thinking seems right now to be that the currency and treasury markets um, extend gains. So stage is set right now for a higher market. It's the first day of February. A lot of analysts are out already saying that February could be a stinker of a month. Um, as again, I think maybe the thing that we have to pay a lot of attention to is how are the Democrats fighting back against the Republicans and their nominations for cabinet as well as Supreme Court? Because that'll probably lay the course for how much gets done on the Trump agenda. And so far, a lot of the Democrats are kind of laying down. Uh, they tried to walk out of the hearings on a couple of appointees. Republicans just said, okay, we're taking a vote, voting them in. It's interesting time in D.C. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up uh, February 9th. It's a lunch event in Berkeley. It's almost sold out. You can sign up at Rob Black's show. It's from 11 to 1 in Berkeley. Uh, free code to get in is retire123. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Airline stocks took it hard on Trump's travel ban policy. Uh... You could look at some companies that don't have a lot of international exposure in the airline industry and say, maybe there's some play here. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying that's what I do. Sometimes you kind of look for kind of a damnation game of when everyone gets painted by the same brush in a negative manner. Taking a look at some of the stories, business stories today. Businesses added 246,000 jobs in January. Uh, that's a winner. So as far as the U.S. economy goes, 
you have to sometimes separate everything that you're seeing out there, and it's not easy to do, and I know that. Um, and again, Trump's policies long-term versus short-term is part of what you have to separate, as well as the economy short-term versus long-term. And right now, we're looking pretty good. So as far as the economy goes, the estimate for the Labor Department on Friday is going to announce 175 additional jobs in the public and private sectors. So we'll watch for that. January auto sales were down 3%. Now, here's a positive and negative. The auto industry employs a lot of people. The negative is obvious, right? The positive is, is if you and I aren't buying new cars every week, every month, every year, you know, every quarter, uh, maybe we're socking away a little bit extra money. So you can't hit at a 52-week high all the time. It just doesn't work like that. December's good showing pulled sales from January. Uh, normally the weakest month of the year in terms of sales volume. Some analysts caution against putting too much emphasis on one month's annualized selling rate. Uh, but when we go back, you know, auto sales for January were weak, which they typically are, but December was incredibly strong. So sometimes that's what I would refer to as blending. So Apple broke a streak, so to speak, and I'm going to try to talk about Apple in the next segment or the final segment um, as best I can. A strong iPhone 7 and iPhone 7 Plus holiday sales reported, you know, um, positively for Apple. So three straight quarters of declining iPhone shipments kind of turned around. Uh, they had a dynamite quarter. Um, they had about 78 million, um, 78.3 million iPhones sold during the quarter, and that's pretty great. If you think of it as a razor blade, if you've heard this business story before, right, where Warren Buffett bought Gillette, not because of the razor blade, uh, that's great. It's because everyday men have to shave, and typically we buy a nice razor and we get the disposable razor. No, we get the beck and we get the disposable blades. And that's where a Gillette makes an enormous amount of money in the blades instead of in the razor. And during Super Bowl commercials, I remember, you know, 20 years ago when I actually cared about watching the game where I was a man, when I had high levels of testosterone. Now I think my estrogen levels are peaking because I just don't care. But uh, you'd watch the game and you'd see Gillette, the Mach 3. And it's like, three razors to take that stubble off your face. If the first razor doesn't get it, the second blade will. If the second blade doesn't get it, the third one makes it oh so silky smooth. So the woman standing by me while I'm shaving half naked will rub my cheeky skin and go, ah. So that's the position that Apple's in right now. It's got this business model of hardware and software. The hardware would be the shaver, the software would be the services, uh, slash the razor blades. And it's really ramping up nicely for Apple. I won't get too much into it. They've got a cash pile of $246 billion. Um, and they continue to raise their dividend ever so slightly. So we'll talk, maybe, maybe we'll talk about it. Amazon, I found this kind of interesting. I was sitting around watching the news last night. And by the news, I mean putting my feet up on the couch, eating corn chips. Uh, I like the barbecue variety of corn chips. I think anything else is kind of gross. Don't like the ranch stuff. But Amazon is building its own air cargo hub. And I was like, wait, wait, put the corn chips down. Put the corn chips down black. What? Amazon's building its own air cargo hub for $1.49 billion. 
It's in northern Kentucky. So, I know, I know, I was waiting for that. I was like, they're going to they're gonna build a hub for the Neanderthals to unload their planes? Kind of. Hey, Billy Bob. Go get your sister, Billy Bob. Billy Bob and Billy Bob, why don't you go unload that plane? Okay, Daddy Billy Bob. So, this stokes expectations that one day Amazon's going to compete with UPS and FedEx. The world's biggest online retailers agreed to a 50-year lease for about 900 acres of property from Cincinnati to Northern Kentucky International Airport. Um, Amazon's handling more shipping in-house so it can deliver packages to customers faster, as well as cut costs and uncertainty when you rely on third parties. So this is estimated to be a $400 billion-plus market opportunity for Amazon in delivery. Uh, they got into Amazon Web Services. Hey, we're going to sell CDs and books online. And then they take their online and they build it out for web services. Uh, now they're building out their business model, and web services is awesome for them. Now they're building out their airport services, uh, their shipping services. Pretty impressive. AT&T from the stack of, whoa, I don't even know what that means. They say they plan to deliver faster internet over power poles. Now, yesterday I was looking at my internet. I've got Comcast, right? And you could pry from my dead fingers my uh, high-speed modem. You could take that to the Supreme Court. I would fight for my right for high-speed. Longer, I'll give my right to guns. You can have that. But I need my high-speed modem. So I called Comcast, and I said, okay, I'm paying 100 and eighty dollars for two hundred and fifty HD channels, which I watch five. And they're like, "Do you watch ESPN?" I'm like, "Sometimes." Do you watch ESPN too? I'm like, "Sometimes." They're like, "Can't do much for you." And they're like, "Your internet speed is a hundred meg download." And I don't know. 25, I don't know. And I said, "Okay, I think it's time for me to close my account." And they said, "How about we give you double your internet speed, and we take twenty dollars off your TV bill?" I'm like, "Done, done." So my phone reminded me, my Apple phone reminded me that basically in December my last deal ran out. Now what's cool about talking to Comcast is they gave me a better deal, and I feel good about it. They also said that it's now the law that they have to contact me two months before my this deal runs out. And she said, we'll have something similar, so don't worry. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But now they have to send you a letter. I'm like, letter? What's that? Uh, well, you get the idea. So AT&T raised some eyebrows when it talked about a new multi-gigabyte wireless internet over existing power lines. <sighs> cool, but I got my cable at this point in time. And that's kind of you know the established beachhead versus where they want to go. Uh, sometimes it's the established beachhead that wins versus the future. Warren Buffett spends less than $3 a day on breakfast. I love that man. I wish he were my dad, or my granddad, <laughs> or my brother, or my genetically modified sister. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more.
Contact now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Brace yourselves. Something I never want to hear a pilot say. We're running out of bacon in America. Bacon is about to get more expensive. We're running out. The country's frozen pork belly supply. It fell to 17.8 million pounds in December 2016, down from 53 million pounds in December 2015. I'm worried. Some people are worried that we're running out of water. Some people are worried that we're running out of natural rivers. Some people are worried that our, our, our forest is being cut down. We're running out of bacon. Pig farmers are setting historic records by producing more pigs than ever, and yet our reserves are still depleting. This isn't funny, people. This is real. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, no way. So I saw the... We talked about this yesterday, ever so quickly. Um, Disney has set a private dinner at $15,000. And that instantly had me going, okay, I get it. You know, you know, someone will probably buy that on a regular basis. Um from Disney, and I was like, eh, it kind of makes you a little, you know, right? A little bit. But I saw that Oprah Winfrey is going to get her own ride at Disney, and I'm like, that's big. So, um, you wonder what's happened to Oprah in the last couple of years, and, you know, she went away from her talk show, but Disney's opening up a, a ride at Disneyland called Oprah Mountain. Um, she's also going to be joining CBS's 60 Minutes as a special contributor. So, um, she's back. Guess who's back? Back again. Uh, Oprah Winfrey is back. Back again. Let's bring on CFP Chad Burton to talk a little financial planning for us, shall we? Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. I want to do a topic today with you, Chad, if you don't mind, on bonds. Stocks means you own a little piece of that corporation. Bonds means it's an IOU. Mm-hmm. There's different types of bonds. There's government bonds. There's corporate bonds. There's municipal bonds. Um, there's foreign market bonds. There's berry bonds. There's floating rate bonds. There's a lot of bonds. Yeah. I bonds, zero coupon bonds. What do we need to know about bonds, in your opinion? Well, and that's that's a tough one because this is really the hardest area to manage right now, Rob. I mean, we're looking at historical low interest rates on bonds. We're looking at the Federal Reserve buying, you know, billions and trillions of dollars worth of bonds over the last couple of years. They were buying at the short end of the curve. Now they're going to be buying at the long end of the curve. So what you need to know about bonds, I think, first and foremost, is is look at the holdings in your bond fund that you've been owning inside your 401ks because a lot of people own bonds for a nice little income, Right. Right. And then for a cushion when the stock market drops. So the idea of having a balanced portfolio or bonds in it means that because bonds aren't doing as well as stocks when the stocks are rallying, they'll they'll have a cushion for the downside and in the long run they win. But a lot of bun, bonds, because the yields are so low, they've been having to buy preferred stocks and, and stocks yielding up at the 3 and 4% range to keep their income high. So a lot of people are, are in bonds right now, bond funds that are becoming closet stock funds, and I don't think they might realize the overall risk that's there. So you know, it's something that you, you do have to 
peel gains from. So let's let's look at the different types, right? right? You've got government. On the corporate side, you've got high quality bonds, which are typically AAA or well, let's see, AA rated and above, right? Right. Then you've got junk bonds and then convertible bonds. We bought a lot of convertible bonds and high yield or junk bonds in 2009 in about May right. when they had dropped drastically. They were baby out with the bathwater. Then we had 20 or 30% returns on those funds. That's not normal. So when you get high returns on a certain area of bond funds, you really have to be careful about peeling off the growth. Um, also, you got to look at big price jumps like tips, for example, have jumped drastically when we really don't have a lot of inflation yet. Um, so look for opportunities when, when things like tips or treasury inflation protected bonds, when they pull back five or 6%, that's when your buying opportunities typically are. Which again, we grew up, Chad, you and I both grew up at the same era and we thought bonds were for old people. I feel bad for old people right now because interest rates are so low that bonds really aren't necessarily for them mm-hmm. because the bonds don't have the yield that it used to. So seniors can't put their money in the bank. They can't get money on CDs. Too, too low of rates. They, mm-hmm. The bonds, they have to increase their risk profile. And you don't really want to necessarily increase your risk profile with bonds because bonds are considered a little bit you know, more consistent than stocks. Yeah, I mean, for the next couple of years, I can see why a 20 or 30-year-old would just simply dividend-paying stocks instead of bonds. Because um, they can deal with the volatility. If the market has a big correction, they have time to either add more in after the correction or or save more in the long run. But older people, they can't really steer. You know, they have to stay the course. And and when you're older and you're close to retirement, you need three years worth of expenses in cash. I know your cash isn't earning anything, but don't put that cash to work in high risk bond funds. You've got to have three years' worth of your portfolio drawn cash and then a balanced portfolio and make sure that the bond side of your balanced portfolio is diversified, uh, meaning you've got some governments, you've got some Ginny Mays, a little bit of convertibles and corporates, but your duration, that's what you've got to pay attention to. You don't want bonds that are that are really outside of the five- to seven-year range right now, in my opinion, because um, you know two years just aren't attractive. They don't give you much income. And going out longer than five to seven years in duration on bonds, the length of maturity, you're taking on too much long-term interest rate risk. I remember when I first got into the business, I, I, I was trying to study bonds and analyze bonds, and it's difficult. That's a totally different skill set than analyzing stocks. So I think it's it's key, important, that seniors or wealthy people don't do their own bond work because it's not the same as stock work. It's it's a different art. Yeah, you know, when interest rates are really high and heading down, that's the time where you can just kind of no-brainer buy bonds directly and hold them till maturity. When we're in situations like this where it's unclear in the next two years where rates will kind of head, yeah. um, it's really helpful to get a good no-load fund, uh, bond fund manager. I like how you keep trying to say bonds, buns. Buns, German buns. I think we're just hearing way too much about that yeah, yeah. in the, the news lately. Bank. But I think in times like this where the, the clarity on where interest rates are moving, that's where having a bond manager is, is attractive. But I, I can tell you that if we go through a period where, let's say, by 2015 rates are high right. and it looks like they're leveling out or coming down, I'm going to sell all my bond funds and buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. I'm an individual bond kind of guy. Now, let's do one last topic on bonds. When we were growing up, there was a theory that you should take your age, 100 minus your age, and that's how much you should have in bonds. Or in stocks versus bonds. Do you remember that one? Yeah. And then and again, they changed to like 120 minus your age. I think it's it's garbage either way. Because it's garbage. What, what you're doing is when you're dollar cost averaging, when it makes sense is when you're adding to your portfolio every month because of your paycheck, right? Right. But in retirement, 
to reverse dollar cost average does not work. The reason why is because that means every month you're selling something when you withdraw your, your paycheck to live, you're selling something at a loss. Because if stocks are going up 7 out of 10 years, usually bonds can be could be falling during that period of time, for example. So you're always selling something at a loss. So that's why you have to have safe money, a bond portfolio, a dividend-paying stock portfolio, and then your dividends and your bonds pay your safe money. Right. And then you rebalance and pull the gains off the table to uh, continue to keep your safe money at that three-year level. So, you know, timing the market doesn't make a difference when you're younger. It does when you're older. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner, and he's at newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, taking a look at some of the top stories of the day, try not to get too caught up in what's moving the market on a minute-by-minute basis. Try to do your best to look at the big picture. Um, Apple's been a big winner this year, and again, they helped the market a lot at the start of the day, but... In the end, Apple's going to be a play on the iPhone 7, which is the 10th anniversary. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the iPhone 7? <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. At this point in time, the special anniversary phone. And it looks like they're going to have two separate phones. They're going to have one that looks a lot like the one today, but then they're going to have one that's super high-end that looks like something from Star Trek or Star Wars or Star Search. Um, so the ADP employment report to me is almost just as important as an Apple on a day-by-day basis. But again, it's all about figuring out the distance running option. I want you to look long term. Um, taking a look at the markets, we opened higher, but they kind of started search lower almost instantly. So you get that initial surge and you get kind of caught up in it. I'm asked on a regular basis, where do I see things going in the United States? Or where do I see, what stock would I own? What stock would you own? Which stock should you, I buy, what stock should you buy? You know what I'm trying to say. Um, and it's not quite that simple. So I talk a lot about trends here. One of the trends I'll talk about is the aging of America. We're eating more pharmaceuticals. We're consuming them. Pharmaceuticals are fabricated to make a fantastic life for us. Um, so that's the seniors, and they're consuming more health care, right? As we're getting older as a nation, you saw Japan go through it. Uh, it can become a huge problem, and a lot of people say, well, America's getting old like Japan got old, and look at Japan's stock market for the last 20 years kind of thing. Um, don't get too caught up in that because we have a dynamic that they've done it. We have a lot of land, and we like making babies. Um, on occasion, we don't make babies because we get a little nervous about the economy um, or we get saddled with too much college debt. Uh, but those babies are future taxpayers. So anytime a baby is born, I'm like, future taxpayer. And that makes me excited to talk about. Uh, so you're looking for trends. You're looking for who spends. Uh, you're looking for uh, maybe like virtual reality as a breakout sector or breakout play. Um, or you can get boring and go utilities. I'm always going to need electricity. There's some disruptors like solar, but you get it. Anyway, i got a big event coming up on February 9th in Berkeley, California. It is a lunch investing event from 11 to 1. You can learn more at Rob Black's show. To get free entry, use the code RETIRE123. It's easy to get complacent about retirement planning when the stock market is soaring to record highs. But it's a marathon, not a sprint. To win the race, you need to take the right steps along the way. Learn winning strategies from me, Rob Black, and certified financial planner Chad Burton at an educational lunch event in Berkeley on February 9th. 
We'll cover the building blocks of a successful portfolio and break down the 2017 market outlook. You'll also learn how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to minimize tax and retirement, social security strategies, and more. And get estate planning tips for 2017 from attorney Michelle Lerman. That's Thursday, February 9th, 11 a.m. lunch at the Berkeley Marina Doubletree. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com for just $25 or free for KDOW listeners using the promo code RETIRE123. Hope to see you Thursday, February 9th. Once again, sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Free for KDOW listeners using promo code RETIRE123. online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm always striving to make things a little bit better here or there. I'm going to be start doing one, maybe two Facebook video lives starting this Friday. Um, some of it's going to be posted on my Cron4 Facebook page because it's Facebook Live, Cron4 Facebook. So it's Cron4 Rob Black. Uh, so go sign up. That's free. Some of it's going to be posted to the KDOW Facebook page. KDOW pays me to be on radio. How much do they pay me? Let's stop and guess. little Jeopardy music, please. How much does KDOW Salem pay me to be on the radio? We don't have the rights to Jeopardy, so I have to do it myself. Um, I'm not going to tell you. It's embarrassing. There we go. Let's put it this way. I'm the lowest paid employee. <laughs> Probably at all of Salem Radio. I'm a really good deal. Legally, they have to pay me. But I would do this for free. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Uh, minimum wage. 800-516-1220. when we could make... Billions? Yes. Why make billions when you can make zillions? I still am freaked out about U.S. debt, and that's not going to go away anytime soon. I want to talk a little bit about um, a couple things that are still freaking me out. First and foremost, um, Warren Buffett credits his extraordinary life to luck. Uh, There's a new documentary on HBO on Warren Buffett. I think you should watch it. In basketball, you want to be like Michael Jordan. In investing, you want to be like Warren Buffett. And he still has the same home that he's had for 60-plus years, 50-plus years. Uh, He eats breakfast for under $3.25 a day. Uh, When he's feeling really poor, he gets two sausage patties. When he's feeling really rich, he gets kind of like an Egg McMuffin kind of thing. It's fascinating to look at. And the difference is like $2.50 up to $3.17. Um, and yes, he eats at McDonald's. You know why? Because he owns McDonald's. Uh, Under Armour, I don't own. Under Armour, I don't own. But I'm looking at it. Uh, because yesterday was one of those kind of days where it just fell apart. They're kind of a number three in the world of shoes behind Nike and Adidas. Um, and they had disappointing numbers. Now, they cited things like, you know, Macy's is crumbling and sporting goods. Uh, stores, bankruptcies, led by Sports Authority. But honestly, they're just not as edgy as Nike. Now, I own shares of Nike. Um, 
I'm now looking to add and maybe consider shares of Under Armour to my shoe investments. Um, just to show you like how not weird I can be, but it is what it is. Um, KFC is doing something they've never done before. Now, you know they've got the Colonel Sanders-centric marketing. And in the Chicken Chain's first ever Super Bowl ad, they're featuring not one, but two colonels. So you're not going to be seeing double. You're not drunk. They're going to have both Billy Zane, who's the colonel who's paired with the chain's new George Golden Chicken, and Rob Riggle, who's the Kentucky Buckets colonel, has appeared in the chain's NFL ads. He's going to star in the commercial as well. So it's going to be two commercials and two colonels in one commercial. Whoa. For those of you who are partaking in legal marijuana for medical reasons, you may be questioning yourself when you see this. Um, But when KFC brought back the Colonel character with new people like Daryl Hammond in 2015, we kind of laughed. KFC just hit its ninth consecutive quarter of same-store sales growth after years of slumping sales. So chew on that chicken bone or something like that. So Apple, a lot of analysts are coming out and raising their target today. I see RBC Capital Markets calling it a $140 stock. They think there was a lot of things to like. China demand was stronger than expected, even though it was a weak number. Um, Apple didn't achieve optimal channel inventory December quarter, uh, but that's because they have confidence in the March quarter. So that analyst is seeing some positives there. High probability of repatriation and tax reform could unlock $200 billion of cash on Apple's balance sheet. And they think you know, that enables them to see a path towards $10 plus of earnings per share uh, through the iPhone 8 cycle. Apple's going to make an enormous amount of money with their 10th phone overall, or the 10th anniversary phone, the iPhone 8. Um, so it's going to be an attractive iPhone product. And they've got an aging set of installed users, 700 million plus people. They've got subscribers now who are using their services. Excellent results, so says Needham. Strong revenue growth, higher average selling prices. They delivered their units. Um, Apple's devices were sold out in December quarter. Their iPhone Plus 7 phone, several tablets, and Apple Watch suggest unit sales could have been higher. Services was strong, and that continues to be the biggest part of their Apple ecosystem analysis. They have a strong bait, uh, buy over at Needham in a $150 target. Um, so most of the analysts that I'm seeing are somewhere between 125 130 135 140 and 150 Not too much higher than that. So um, Apple shares, you know, as they release their numbers, you know, people started watching very closely on uh, every little detail that they can get from them. Um, RBC says that Apple is their top stock pick of 2017 based on the iPhone 8, $150 target. Now, they also have a nice dividend, which is something I like. So I own shares of Apple, and every three months they give me a check, or I reinvest that check into more shares. Um, and it's not a little bit of money, so it ranges in the 2 to 3% range, so it's nice. You get a little bit of income. And you get a lot of value in the stock if, you know, they don't get disrupted. So, um, you know, don't get too excited and and don't get crazy with the stock. But I feel ultimately pretty comfortable uh, that, as I said earlier in the show, they've got about $8 billion in services, which is similar to Facebook's numbers. 
Um, and they have an installed base of subscribers now. So if you think of them as a subscription company, it's pretty impressive. Um, the iPad problem, the i uh, the watch problem, but they're good problems to have because they both sell billions of dollars of product. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget a big event coming up in Berkeley on February 9th from 11 to 1. You can sign up for free at, with the code retire123 at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. <laughs> Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds, like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.